0: Lovely. Good afternoon, friends. What a lovely thing it is to see your faces, and um, oh, and a happy new year to you, if I've not managed to catch you and say that yet this year. Thank you. Oh, thanks, friends. That's nice. Great. Um, Before I dive in, I absolutely love it when Jesus does this. The worship set, some of those things that we have just said to the Lord in worship lines up really neatly with the thing that the Lord laid on my heart to share with us today. I just love it when Jesus does this. So um, it's great. We're going to be looking at some of the things that we've already just said yes to Jesus in. Unlucky. So, for the first service of the year, what we tend to do, as I think Rachel's already said, is to listen to what we think that Jesus is saying to our wee church, to Kingdom Vineyard, to help us to stay attentive to how the Lord is leading us, to follow Him as faithfully as we can, and I've got to confess, I find these uh, really tricky. I think it's a really important thing to do, to be saying, "Okay, Lord, what are you saying to us for this year?" But um, then I feel like I invite pressure onto myself. Um, you know, what are you saying, Lord? What are you saying? Is that you? Is that too many mince pies? Which is is that you? However, though I might struggle, actually, Jesus has been so faithful to us, and things that friends who are also praying have messaged in, have lined up with verses that I felt the Lord give, give me. And those who've been listening out, uh, God's been really kind. So um, your pastor might be a Muppet, but your Lord's brilliant. I want to give us um, a brief recap to some of the things that the Lord's shared with us in previous years, just to remind you of, of what we do. So in January 2019, Uh, I shared that we felt the Lord wanted to increase the signs and wonders that he was doing amongst us, to increase miracles and healings. And at the end of that same service, someone with a knee injury came forward and was healed dramatically instantly. In fact, they were running up and down the stairs in Victory Memorial Hall, helping to pack up, as I remember. And that was great fun. We checked in a few weeks later. It was a healing that had lasted as well. It wasn't just a feel-good in the moment. So that was fantastically exciting, and then over the course of the year, we saw people with crippling back pains healed. We had self-harm scars vanish and brand new skin in its place. We had people healing headaches over coffee and donuts with a passing comment, be healed, and walked off, and the person going, wait, no, I was, hang on, come back, (laughs) and many more besides. That was wonderful, and actually more, please, Lord. In January 2020, I shared a message that I'd really wrestled over. It didn't seem to make sense to me with where we were at as a church at the time. The message was from Jesus' parable of the ten bridesmaids who were caught unprepared. And the message was that there are no plus ones with Jesus. You can't ride off someone else's faith. No one can invest in your relationship with God for you. Each of us has to take our own responsibility for our own relationship with him we weren't going to be able to rely on the faith of the person sat next to us in that year, I shared. Which is not me claiming that I predicted COVID was coming. Seriously. We didn't predict it. The Lord didn't tell us it was coming. But the message he gave us for that year was a strong instruction to make sure that each of us was personally prepared with him when the lockdowns did come and we weren't able to meet together in person. He was really kind to us, though we didn't know why we were saying that message he gave us at the time. And then last year, January 21, I shared from Psalm 86 verse 11, it was a one-verse prayer, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Thank you, that's great. Give me an undivided heart to revere your name, which is a prayer of submission, a prayer of obedience to God, and a challenge To search out what things in our lives are stealing God's place as our focus in who we worship and who we follow. Jesus might be on the throne, but what else have we allowed into that throne room, maybe? I still commend this to you as an excellent prayer. And this came alongside a sense at the time that the Lord across his church, that's big C, God's people everywhere. The Lord was calling people to reassess whether we truly are following his way walking in his truth, living undivided and revering, some translations say fearing his name. I think with all the upheaval we've seen in the last year, all the distractions and debates, um, I think the Lord gave us a good word. And actually, I think that invitation to reflect on our lives, that challenge still stands. I think we're still in that season. But for this year, After having prayed and received messages from praying friends, some are within KV, some outside, people who've been asking the Lord what he might want to say to us for 2022, I've got a short two-part instruction for us that, actually, I think almost all of us have heard countless times before, so forgive me for the repetition, but it is, number one, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And, come, follow Jesus, and he will send you out to fish for people. That's the two-parter. And, to repeat it, that is, number one, turn to God. He is so close, you can reach out and touch him. And, follow Jesus, and he will send us to bring others to him. So, my talk today, and I think God's invitation to us as we begin this new year, is in three chunks. Number one, turn to God. I invite us this afternoon to take a moment to make sure that we are right with him. Leave behind anything that we need to. Number two, follow Jesus. Stay close to him go where He tells us, do what He says. And number three, fish for people, to be active, kingdom-bringing partners with God, introducing Him into the lives of broken people who need Him. So, that's point one, two, and three. Why don't we open our Bibles we're going to be looking at these instructions through a short passage in Matthew chapter 4, and we'll completely ignore the little headings that someone has added into scripture. My friend Brooke is going to come and read this to us now in the NIV translation. Would you be as kind, mate? There's even a microphone over there for you. Thanks, pal. So, it's Matthew chapter 4, NIV, starting at verse 17.
1: Thanks. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people.
0: Amen. Thank you, mate. I love that this one small snapshot of Matthew's gospel, just seven verses long, captures so much of Jesus' ministry. Verse 17 contains Jesus' gospel message, which in itself is brilliantly simple. Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Then in verses 19 and 20, we see Jesus calling fishermen to drop everything, to leave their whole lives and livelihoods, to follow him, and to be made fishers of people. And then, in verse 23, we get a headline, just a summary of Jesus and his new followers traveling around that region, teaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing people's diseases and illness. I mean... What a snapshot. What a picture of what it is like to go and meet Jesus and go with him. I love it. And I want to invite us to consider, is that a journey that each of us is invited on? And where are we on that journey? Repent. Turn to God. To be called to leave our lives as they were and to follow him. To be made to fish for people. And as we follow Jesus, then to with him teach people about him and bring his healing. Four wee steps there. And if there's part of those four wee steps where you think, well, that doesn't sound like me, or perhaps a bit of it that itches uncomfortably, of, oh, yeah, I know I'm meant to be doing that, or maybe a bit of it that seems exciting, of, oh, yeah, I want to do that, then Can I invite you to ask Jesus about it, even now while I'm speaking? Honestly, that might be a better use of your time. Spend time saying, actually, Lord, that thing there, can we have a chat about that? Maybe there is something he wants to do in your life in this area. Repent. Be called to leave our lives as they were and follow him. Be made to fish for people. And as we follow Jesus, with him, to teach people about him and to bring his healing. Lord, is there one of those that you want to work on in me? Why don't we take a wee look at those verses in a bit more detail? And uh, point one of my talk today repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Doesn't the word repent have an awful reputation? Doesn't it just sound horrible? We were talking about this in the office this week, and I think most of us can picture a caricature of a preacher bellowing red-faced angrily at a cowering congregation, repent, and it's like a telling off that you just would want to be anywhere but. Or perhaps it conjures an image of a lonely street preacher shouting a warning about judgment that either we don't quite agree with, or if we did agree with it, we wouldn't want to say it like that but I don't see either of these in Jesus. When I imagine Jesus saying these words, from what I know of him in the Bible, from what I know of him through having spent time with him, my experience and my understanding so far means that I hear him saying these words with love, with concern, and with clarity, more like repent, It is a clear invitation to turn to God, which is what the word means, turn. It's a clear statement that the path we're on isn't good for us, and we need to change course. It is a simple instruction to change, but it's utterly filled with love. It's not a telling off. It's a rescue message from a heart that really does want what is best for us. And when Jesus instructed people to repent. He gave a fascinating reason. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. A kingdom of heaven. Sometimes we call it the kingdom of God, same thing. That is any place where God's rule and reign is present, is welcomed and worshipped. It's where God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is a place of encounter with God, meeting Him where His truth is revealed and His power is at work. We could spend hours and a whole preaching series exploring the kingdom of God, but for this afternoon, Jesus' simple message is turn to God, He is right here. Which is both a warm, welcoming invitation and a warning if we find ourselves against him, he is right here. And turning our lives to him rather than finding ourselves against him is a really good idea. So, turn to God. He is right here. And there's so much in that. I mean, for one thing, Jesus is God the Son. So, when Jesus was saying that the first time, he he was right here. The kingdom of God had put on flesh and come and stood right in front of them, which is pretty cool. But it it is also true for us too, even if Jesus isn't physically stood right here in front of us this afternoon. God is with us. For those of us, and looking around the room, I think that's most of us, who've welcomed God into our lives and said, yes, God, you are in charge, you are God, I'm going your way, then through God's Spirit, Jesus is actually present within you. He's leading you, speaking through you, and God's kingdom therefore goes wherever you go. Any part of our lives that pulls against God's lordship over us finds itself constantly bumping up against the kingdom of God, the presence of Jesus within us, which can be uncomfortable, and perhaps some of us know exactly what that feels like if you think, yeah, actually that tension, that bumping up of Jesus is Lord, but actually I find find myself pulled over that way, if that feels like you, then I think Jesus might be inviting you as we begin 2022 to turn to me, your whole self, I am right here. And for those of us who haven't yet given God that yes, who haven't yet said, I want to be yours, God, I want that relationship with you, then I think Jesus' offer is beautifully simple. Turn to me. I'm right here. We're going to have a little bit of time at the end of this talk just to give you an opportunity, if that's you, to make that decision for the first time today. So, Jesus invites us to repent. On to point two. And the next part of our passage, which sees Jesus calling people to follow him. Not super-scholars. They didn't have to be theologians, although theologians, he loves you too. Most of you. Cut that. (laughs) These guys were just average Joes, trying to make a living catching fish. Jesus calls to them and says, come, follow me, and I'll send you out to fish for people. Have have many of you seen the online TV show, The Chosen? Give me a nod if you have seen that. Yeah? Yeah, excellent great. If you haven't, it's dead good. I actually really like that. You know, some some TVs and, uh, and, and films about Jesus' life can be so cheesy, painfully. This one, I think, is really good. Looks like Jesus, smells like Jesus to me. So I really recommend that to you. Anyway, they do this scene really well. Really like the come follow me and the, the bubbling fish. And, oh, it's great. Spoilers. That's my 2022 tip for you. You can go back to sleep. Please don't. In that moment, Jesus gives the fishermen a simple invitation that will change their lives completely. And they know it. Right from that moment, instead of catching fish, they will be working with people from now on. Their new life's adventure with Jesus includes bringing people to know him, seeing God's power transform lives, seeing miracles and teaching that brings freedom But first, they've got to follow him. They've got to go where Jesus goes. Do what he does. Take steps forward when they don't know where they're going or why, except that Jesus says we should go that way and we're learning to trust him. And it comes at the cost of their lives as they would known them up to that point. Their livelihoods how they earn money and put a roof over their heads, their lifestyles, the things that they used to do. Actually, it came at the cost of the roof over their heads as well. A life dependent on Jesus meant no security in the things of this world, no trusting in money, work, even friends and family. Follow Jesus and do whatever he tells you to, as Mary advised the servants in John. Do whatever he tells you to. Follow Jesus. Trust, even when we don't see the way, Friends, the same is true still for us today. And when Jesus says to us, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is so close you can reach out and touch it, and we say, yes, I do want to choose you, Lord, then his next invitation to us is still, come, follow me, live with me, live my way. It's an invitation to relationship, not come join this group, come do this work, come believe these things, but turn to me. Come follow me. Come get to know me better. Jesus invites us to him, and everything that follows flows from it, has to flow from him and that relationship with him. Which means when we follow him, letting him lead us in our lifestyles, the things we do, our livelihoods, what we eat, and what roof is over our heads, who we count as our friends and our family. And if that sounds like a big ask, then you're right. It is. But I can also tell you, from my experience, that I've seen God provide wonderfully for people, mind-blowingly for people, and prove his love for them over and over again, and actually When I've seen that in people's lives, it's it's pretty fun. So, a challenge for us, friends, as we begin 2022. Are we following Jesus? Is he truly leading our lives? I know that you've heard this before. I know this is painfully simple, and yet I think this is what the Lord wants to invite us to consider this year. Are we following him? Is he truly leading our lives? Does the beautiful and holy presence of God shine out from the center of our beings, or do we need him to shine his light on us, on the things that we say, think, and do that don't yet follow his leading? One of the best ways that we can invite God's light into our lives, his light that comforts us, and his light that cleanses us, is to get to know the Bible, to test our lives against it, to see where what we are doing and saying isn't in line with God's example and instruction to us. Here is one example, one challenging example from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus and to us. It says, but amongst you, among you, there must be not even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed. These are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this, you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. There it is again. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. God, that's a sobering challenge. I'm almost awkward in bringing it to you because it's it's a bit squeamish, a bit, oh. But if we're going to be made right with God, then this relationship with Jesus cannot be a bolt-on onto our lives. It has to be a fundamental change from the inside out the very core of our beings, out to every motivation for every action. Paul urges us in his letter to the church in Rome, in view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and proper worship. And he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I love when I hear clearly from the Lord what he wants me to do in this situation. If this all sounds a little bit heavy and a little bit like that finger wag that I talked about earlier, that's not the heart from me in this talk, and I don't think it's the heart from the Lord, but I do think he's inviting us to see if our house needs a clean. The good news is that God doesn't demand holiness of us before he's willing to forgive us and meet us. He's already dealt with that in Jesus' death and resurrection. And even after that, God doesn't demand that we suddenly live up to a standard that we've never known before, but instead, his presence at work within us, his Holy Spirit transforming us, makes those changes in our heart. What we want, what motivates us, how we treat each other and ourselves. God and his kindness, if we invite him and if we let him, gives us the pointers and the strength that we need to choose commitment to him and cleansing from him that we need. It is great news that God's message is not go and get on with being holy. But instead, when we say, come Holy Spirit, God moves in, God moves in and begins his good work on our lives. So come Holy Spirit, would you? This journey of making Jesus the master of our whole lives might well take sacrifice. It usually does. But what we are offered in exchange is the treasure beyond all treasures that this world offers. It's like the man who discovered an undiscovered treasure in a field, went, sold everything he owned in order to buy that field and got to keep that treasure forever. Or an antique dealer that discovered the most beautiful pearl in the world, and gave everything she'd collected up to that point just to own that one thing. It was so different, so unique, so precious. The relationship with God that Jesus calls us to can, does, cost everything that this world has to offer us. And it's a good deal. So Kingdom Vineyard, I think that God wants 2022 to be a year where we do continue to seek for him to show us his way to continue to choose to walk in his truth, to ask him to transform our hearts, to revere him and his presence in our lives. In his kindness, I think Jesus is inviting us again to come, follow me, follow me, and I'll send you out to fish for people. Briefly, point number three. Let's look at that last bit there. I will send you out to fish for people. Following Jesus leads to, it includes, being the welcome team to God's kingdom for the people around us who don't yet know him. And when we look at God's heart throughout the Bible and in our experience of his presence, when we look at what God is like, how could following him not lead to wanting to introduce people to him? He just loves shining his light into darkness. He loves meeting people who are lost and hurting, just part of who he is. I will send you out to fish for people. So this year, I think, God is going to nudge us, Kingdom Vineyard, to see people around us who need to know him and to nudge us to be the ones who risk looking silly by talking to them about the God who loves them, offering to pray with them, bringing God's presence into their lives. I can see the introverts are dying inside already. I'm sorry, guys, but I I do think that God's up for this. I also think that God is going to be active in this Himself. Some of the words and pictures that we've been given, some of the Bible verses I've received from people who have no idea what's going on in this church, have been about the Lord Himself drawing people back to Him, and about the privilege that we might get to play in being part of their journey to coming to know Jesus, whether again or for the first time. So, Kingdom Vineyard, it's my hope and my prayer that we are the most welcoming God's love-carrying community we can possibly be this year. And I think God is going to bring us people who He is speaking to, who may even look and think and feel differently to we do, and that will be great. What a privilege. If we get to help people who are not like us, in quotes, in whatever measure that is, to get to know Jesus better and better, what a privilege. And I predict this to be a messy joy this year. It might even mean sacrifice in inviting a stranger that you meet here to join you for dinner afterwards. Sorry, introverts. To get a chance to know that stranger better and to pray with them. It might mean sacrifice in giving up an afternoon, a fortnight to walk the streets, asking God who he wants you to stop and pray for. And if that sparks something in you, talk to me. We're going to start doing that. It might mean giving up the time to sit with a new believer for an hour a week reading the Bible together and talking about it with them. And honestly, those moments can be the most fun and rewarding in our lives. When I look back on my own life highlights, some of the bits that I've loved have been those privileges of sharing with a new believer, this is what God's like. Let's read this passage. Huh? Have you seen that? What a treat. I think those moments will rank in each of our life highlights if we have the privilege to get involved. One of my own life highlights from last year, 2021, was our beach service in October. We only found ourselves there, actually, because there wasn't an indoor venue available that week, and I was about to desperately call around to try and find another one, and I had my phone, my thumb hovering over the call button on my phone, and I felt the Lord stop me, so I stopped, and I asked the church team, I like, guys, we need to pray about this. Um, I just think the Lord's telling us not to do the obvious thing of book another venue, so what is he saying? And after a wee while of prayer, from lots of different people, different angles, yeah, okay, seems like beach service, seems like this might be the Lord, game on, in October, in Scotland. Yeah, Lord, you order it, you pay for it, right? The weather was good, though, so thanks for that, that was great. But the thing is, I don't really fancy myself as a street preacher. The idea of preaching open air to anyone passing by is actually pretty intimidating to me. I don't... I don't feel comfortable with that idea at all, and yet I loved the whole service, the worship, the baptisms, seeing passers-by stop to listen as we worshipped, and even stop to listen as I preached. God was so kind, and what had seemed a huge sacrifice in effort to make it happen and in bravery beforehand had then turned into a highlight of my year. So I think for each of us, as the Lord nudges us to step out and join Him in His mission to reach hurting people with His presence, and as the Lord nudges us to prepare a welcome, to prepare a home here amongst us for those He brings to our family, I pray that God gives us His joy and protect us specifically against becoming that grumpy older brother in the prodigal son story. One last thing, that last bit of Jesus' passage today, verse 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and illness among the people. Those who did turn to Jesus and follow him had an amazing adventure. They got to see Jesus bringing truth, bringing good news and miraculous signs and wonders that saw people set free from all sorts of illnesses and things that held them back. And then Jesus got them to do it, to do those things themselves. And Lord, that sounds fun. Some of that, please. And I think we are going to see some of that this year as we look to Jesus, turn to him, follow him, and fish for him. So as I close, I think That the Lord's invitation to us this year is to press in to true, uncompromised relationship with Him. To be turned to Him. To be following Him. And though there is a challenge there to see what in each of our lives we need to take back to the Lord and say, Do you you need to deal with this, Lord? Just as we were praying beginning of the service here. Again and again, we're reminded of God's mercy is so great. God's not trying to wag a finger. In fact, I think he wants to patch us up. And I also think that God's invitation to us this year is to follow him out to those who don't know him, to follow his loving lead when he kindly brings a wary explorer in to try church maybe for the first time. So I'm optimistic for what the Lord's going to do this year. I have no idea what's ahead of us. I don't know if it's going to be easy or hard, but I know that Jesus is faithful. He's trustworthy. And when he asks something from us, I'm convinced that it's a really good deal. Why don't we stand? I would love to pray for us. I'm going to pray, and as I said early on, there might be some amongst us who want to pray that prayer of, actually, Jesus, I want to turn to you, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's for the millionth time, or maybe it's just something, something's happened since the last time we prayed it, and we just want to say, Lord, I want in. I want you. So I'm going to give a little bit of space for that now. If there's a sense, a nudge in your heart, Jesus saying, turn to me, I'm right here. It's going to leave some time. Jesus you are so merciful you're so kind thank you that it's your deepest desire that you would be able to scoop us back up into your arms and for anyone for whom that is the first time then Father would you pour out your love into their heart right now would you show them just how much you love them And for those of us who are saying it again, whether it's after something that we need to bring to you or after, I don't know, millions and millions of times of saying it, Lord, would you show us again you love us? Would you come, Holy Spirit, with your cleansing and your comfort? I think there are some of us who, um, we, I mean, we've been a Christian for a while, we've known Jesus for a while, but maybe it feels like we've mistaken the starting line for the finishing line. Yes, okay, I've got in, I've got a relationship with God, and actually he would love to do so much more with us, not not to us nastily, but with us, like, come on, let's hold my hand, we're going to go this way. Father, for anyone who you are inviting into a deeper new season of following you, would you just be nudging our hearts right now saying, yep, yep, that's you. Come on, I want to do something. And Lord, would you use this season, this um, changeover, this January time, and our time of prayer and fasting? Would you use it to be speaking lovingly to each of us, telling us what it is that you want to do in our lives, telling us what steps that you want us to take as we say, Yes, we'll follow you? Ask the blessing of your strength, the blessing of your presence, your leading and your merciful, your beautiful love, Lord Jesus, for each of us. And would you keep speaking to us, Lord,
1: as we begin worship?